and she sent it at two o'clock the next day. And then at two o'clock the following day, the guy responds like, yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> Fuck bad, that guy. Bad sign. Fuck him. Dear Shandy. Welcome back to Dear Shandy listeners and viewers. As you can see, we're in our living room and we're answering your questions today. I feel like this is what's happening now. If we're in the living room, we're answering your questions. Q&A. Right. Yes. As opposed to the... As opposed to <laughs> our professional studio, yes. very, very far away. Exactly. Yes. And so we got a lot more specificity in our inbox, I've got mm-hmm. to say. Some of them were kind of too long for the setting, but I, I'm hoping that we can wrangle them to come on for an actual chat with us. But yeah, these vary from being quite short and vague to being quite long and specific. Vague. You and the way I say vague. Say it again? Vague. Say it again? (laughs) Are you talking about your vagina or are you talking about something that's not quite You guys can tune in and tell me if you think I'm saying vague wrong. Andy thinks I say like vague. And I think I'm saying vague. It's clearly vague. Vague. Like V-A-Y-G. All I can say is that I lived 29 years saying vague. Well, you would have had a much better life had you just said vague. (laughs) Do you want me to start vague? (laughs) Or do you want me to start specific? Um, I think you should start with what inspires you. Oh, man. I'm going to start with a pretty broad one, and then we'll work our way up, I think. Okay. This is from Melissa. Of course. Hi, Shandy. (laughs) Sorry this isn't a specific topic, but I think it's interesting. I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on whether a couple should have a talk about their exes and past relationships at some point of dating, or if the past is the past and it shouldn't matter. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So I think both. Yeah, it's, I totally agree. I, what I don't like is this idea that because it's an ex, it's like this like no-go territory. At the end of the day, your past relationship is a huge factor in why you are the way you are. Yeah, 100%. In the current relationship you're in. I think that if, again, these, all, these, all these questions really come down to this. Is your relationship strong? Yeah, is your current relationship Your strong? current, yeah. yeah. No, if your past relationship is strong, <laughs> you probably wouldn't be in the current one. Yeah, that's But true. no, but if your current relationship is strong, then you should not only be able to talk about past relationships, but your partner should be like psyched you're talking about. Like they should be really curious and fascinated by it. Yes. It should show who you are the same way you would talk about like, you know, what vacations you've been on or where you've lived in the world or like what jobs oh, you've oh my, had. Oh my God, when I read... When I read this question, I had that exact same thought. And I was like, that's what I'm going to say. But then you totally just took it from me. You're so sweet that you actually took joy in that because I'd be pissed off. (laughs) Did I say it with excitement or with Yeah, you you said it with love and excitement. That's really impressive. Well, we're just really on the same page. But I completely agree. It's the same as being like, oh, I've been to Bora Bora. You know, No different. Yeah. Why would you be jealous and I'm assuming this is what she's well, getting at. Well, it's in at. that way that the past is in the past. 
It's the past. Yes. Like, am I going to be jealous about girls or guys who my partner has dated? And, if I'm in a good relationship, and subsequently like stopped dating. If anything, I'll I feel like vindicated. I feel like almost victorious over them. I feel like almost like like flattered that all <laughs> these real people were in a relationship with this other person that has mm-hmm. now chosen me over all of them. Oh, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah. But yeah, it's a part of who you are. Your history makes you who you are. Super important. And I think that you should be in, I mean, obviously we're coming from a very non-jealous perspective, mm-hmm. but I have always been just like on the edge of my seat wanting to hear every detail about your past and your past Almost to a fault. Like yeah. it's almost uncomfortable. <laughs> like you've forced me to tell you, I don't think there's a single girl that I've had any interaction with that you don't know about. I just really love hearing about your dating escapades and all the girlfriends you've had. And I just think it's, it also, like you said, it makes me feel like, like, wow, even when you were broken up with or if you did the breaking up, it's just neat to see how you got to be where you are. And it makes me feel a little extra special that oh, we're, that we work as well as we do. Charlene joined for the win, ladies and gentlemen. Well, you feel the same way. So we're both for the win, apparently. Right. <laughs> we'll just pat ourselves on the back. Right now. Okay, so that was quick and easy. This one's from Elise. Thank you for starting this podcast. I always loved your Ask Charlene column. Oh, she's old school. Ask Charlene column. Elise, I see you. That's like five years oh, old. wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was in I don't flare. even remember that. Yeah. No, I don't think you ever. <laughs> you were like, what's that thing you're doing? That was really the birthplace of Dear Shandy. Yeah. The uh, primordial Dear Shandy. Yeah. Uh, oh, and the snippets you include in your recap sharing Andy's take. Oh, that's so nice. Oh, that is you, nice. I don't know how familiar you are with this, but for my Bachelor recaps... Whenever I could like convince you to watch with me, I would sort of include your takes here and there, and people oh, really that. enjoyed them. Yeah. If only I could get you to watch with me on the regular. Yeah, I, I could be paid. <laughs> no, I, it's a fine franchise. I would watch it for free, as I I would pay to watch it. Sorry, I just want to make sure that's clear. <laughs> fine franchise. <laughs> fine franchise. Good franchise. One. Are you both completely against women dating men who are younger? If not, what is the max you'd go and what key factors should you take into consideration? I I think that tread carefully is the advice here because as we have discussed ad nauseum at this point, mm. men in this day and age are about 10 years younger than they used to be. Mm. So if you are a woman, a mature woman in your late 20s, 30s, whatever it may be, and you are dating a younger man, you are probably dating almost an adolescent. (laughs) Yeah, I I hope that I don't have to say this forever and ever, but I I do, do still feel the need to emphasize that everything we say here, take with a grain of salt, we're not in any way implying that there's, you should not date someone who's one year younger than you. We're not suggesting that it can't work out. And hopefully we'll get to the point where I don't have to say that every time, but I do feel the need to sort of have that disclaimer. We both know women who are dating, engaged to, or married to men who are younger than them. And it totally can work. It's all about the bell curve. We're not talking about the outliers. Yes. We're talking about the the meat right in the center of the bell curve. Yes. That's it. Yes. So is there's no... There, there's There's... Maybe slight generalizations, but we're never saying 
without exception, you cannot date a younger man. Yeah. Or you cannot do anything that we say. Yeah. It's always bell curve. <laughs> Think the bell curve. We're just thinking, yeah. That said, we know a couple where the woman, sorry to interrupt you, where the woman is eight years older. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, delightful about? couple. I know exactly what yeah. you're talking about. Eight years younger, and they're fantastic together. Fantastic. Yes, that's an example. But he's a serious man. He, he is, is the opposite of a player. He really he's is delightful. He's delightful, and he wants. He wanted her. He yeah. wanted. He thought she fulfilled what he wanted. Yeah, I do think generally. If I'm just going to add together all the single men that I know and am friends with and who are dating and looking, generally, they are all unanimously looking for a woman who's younger. Mm-hmm. And you can hate. I'm just the messenger. It's called hard facts. This yeah, is not, I'm just we the don't messenger. approve of this. I agree. Yeah, I'm the messenger in this situation. I'm just telling you <laughs> what guys really think. And that's part of what this podcast is all about. And... I, I feel like it's partly because they take a long time to mature and they want to sort of buy themselves time in case they want to have kids and yeah. they want to have that sort of buffer. This, can I just add one thing? Which, by the way, is totally dated because women can have kids later in life. But anyway, that's oh, a separate absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You're 100% right about that. But I just want to add that it is so important to emphasize that this is on a case-by-case basis. But there are some guys... If you see, like, you meet them and you get to know them, like, this is a guy who is an adult and can handle being the younger guy in a relationship. Yes. And if you're going to go out and you're going to date a guy who's like a model, who's like a player, who goes to clubs every night, who's five or six years younger than you and lives in a big city and wears clothes that are way too tight (laughs) for his general way of being... Then you're barking you, you up the wrong just tree. Go a little like further. Well, you know, you have to be descriptive. But um, I would say that if we're talking bell curve, you're talking about ninety nine point nine percent chance that if you're dating a male model that's five years when younger than you, when did the male model part come in? I'm just saying, if you're dating anybody who's even close to a male model who's significantly I, that younger is than you, irrelevant to this equation. I don't think it's irrelevant. Why is it not irrelevant? A male model, you could be dating an older male model. I would argue that the more successful the male model, probably the older he is. Like those studly kind of silvery guys that wear like preppy sweaters. And so you're catalogs. saying that, okay. <laughs> did, right. I, did, I, did I shut you down on your male model? You really theory? did. Yeah. I mean, I was trying to make an extreme example, but okay. I'm saying, it, let's forget about the male model thing. Let's just say that <laughs> if you're going to date a younger guy yes. as a woman, I would suggest dating a guy who's not a player. That's all. Or even close to a player. A guy who's very serious. I would, yes, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I would even say that your player dar has to be top. You missed a good opportunity for play dar. Obviously, that would have been better. But. Play dar? Player no, dar? because play can apply to so many things. Player dar, your radar for players. Oh, okay. Not for playing. Uh, again, well played. <laughs> Thanks. But yeah, I think if you do want to date someone younger. A serious, genuine, real man can be dated as a significantly younger man. Yes. If it's not that kind of man, then I wouldn't even go as much as like 18 months younger. Yeah. I mean, I know you agree. I, I think 
a couple of years can work. I think when you get past that point, I'm not, we're not saying it can't. Like, like we said, we have an example. We have a lovely couple who we really enjoy, and he's in his 40s and she's in her 50s. But I'd be lying if I said they were the majority. No, it's, 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 it's an unfortunate truth, but um, generally speaking, women are more mature That's than what men. it all comes down to. It's not about, oh, I want a, a younger woman. It's more that, do you want a younger man? Exactly. <laughs> yes. Why do you want yeah. that? It makes me think of the time, and I'm sure you remember this, but I remember the first my first like interaction with the opposite sex was my like it was like fifth grade was it was my fifth grade dance okay i had like a mixture with this other like all girls school and i remember it was was amazing (laughs) such an all boys school thing to like have (laughs) tremendous hot scene hot scene so it was like three of us sitting on a couch i remember and there was these three girls and it was so hilarious because at that age boys haven't like really hit their growth spurt yet the girls kind of are (laughs) so there was like these three like amazon women who were like just regular girls at that age and we were just like hi they're like little tiny boys with these girls it was embarrassing like i couldn't even then i had no idea what up or down was between you know me and a girl i had no idea yeah yet even then i was like this is embarrassing for them like we're like like we're babies i'm just uh, making an analogy like that doesn't change i feel like women mature faster and they stay more mature than men and until you find a man who's as we've discussed before you know in his late 30s 40s whatever you can't really be sure what you're dealing with so be careful that's all i'm saying is be choose wisely yeah but it can work yep it can can work there are no rules absolutely but generally you know (laughs) 18 months. <laughs> we've made our we've made our point. We made our point. All right, Elise's second question. What is a reasonable time limit when responding to messages in online dating? I've noticed the men responding once every 24 hours and I feel like it means they aren't interested, but I understand people are busy. Well, resident man, what Elise do you have is, to say about Elise this? Elise is very into like uh quant. She wants to know the numbers. She <laughs> yeah, really she, does. She, Elise is a numbers She's person. a five. She's a five on the Enneagram. On the Enneagram? Yeah. Well, actually, this is going to come out before the Enneagram episode. Oh, well, teaser. Yeah, teaser, Elise. Yeah, <laughs> we exciting. think you're a five. <laughs> so uh, this is an age-old question, yeah. meaning age-old as far as back as uh, cell phones. I guess we're talking like 2002. I'm very curious, actually, to get your take on this because... How, do you think there's a correlation when you've been really into a woman? Have you waited 24 hours to respond to a text? Te- speak for all men right now. Every woman wants to know, including myself. See, this is the problem. Okay. This is the problem. <laughs> Online dating is just not a real thing. Like I'm from the generation where people, I know this sounds crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so crazy. First say it and then I'll tell you whether or not it's crazy. I when I met girls, I used to go out into the actual street and meet girls in a public place and start talking to them and get their phone number and go home and call them. Uh, call them? You would call them? I didn't start texting till 2002. I was already like I was middle-aged. 
Wait, so are you saying you're too old to answer this question? I think I'm too old to answer this question. I think it's no country for old men at No, this point. I disagree. Okay, look, I don't think that the online dating sphere is a real environment. A lot of these connections are manufactured artificially. There's a lot of lying. There's a lot of lying about the pictures. Sometimes the pictures, even it's not in the last 15 years. <laughs> Which has happened years. to you, by the way. Oh my God, I, I got stories. And he has some good stories about showing up at a date and the person is yeah. not the same human. Well, as like the not even, yeah, it's not like they took pictures from 20 years ago. It's yeah, like it they like took pictures out of a magazine of somebody else. <laughs> that actually but happened. that's, you know, that's for, another, for another day. Another time. <laughs> My point is, is that you're dealing with an artificial environment. Yeah. If you're in an artificial environment, you can create your own rules if you want. The fact is, is that it's not going to matter because if the guy answers in 12 hours, 24 hours, 36 hours, you haven't met him in person yes. yet. And if you haven't met a person in person, you don't know where you stand. Oh, I agree with you so hard on this. The mm. artificial environment thing is huge. Yeah. The app is just a means to an end. It's just, it's your your fishing rod, whatever, yes. or your net, or whatever analogy or metaphor you want to use. It's simply a way to meet people you otherwise would not have met. Yes, this the whole timeline every you know once every twenty four hours, twelve hours, every couple of days, whatever is all meaningless until you've met the person. Hundred percent. And it also matters to me, and again, this kind of ties into the meeting in person thing, whether or not the communication is still in the app or on the person's phone. Because I know many people who are like, I'm going on the app once a day, and I'm responding to messages, whatever, and then that's They the, may have their time. Yeah, it's they're not like, a game. this is my- like, like, this is my hour of responding to my, my 600 <laughs> different conversations Yeah, this is my apps. dating app time yeah. of today, and I have one of these every that's day. That's not a game, that's just Yeah, life. and I totally understand that. You That would be like a whole other- world to juggle to have to respond to every message you get throughout the day so i think t once every 24 hours when it's via text to be honest is not a great sign yeah if it's in an app i don't think there's enough information and and <laughs> if once you've met this individual yeah in real life and then they start responding to text 24 hours later every day then you know that's over. I think that's a bad sign. No, it's not. It's not. I think that's a bad sign. It's over. That means that you don't have whatever you thought you had is whoa, not whoa, there. Wait, wait, wait. This is valuable. So you're saying I text you at two o'clock? Like I'm, I'm a girl, and I'm, and you're a guy. Okay. I don't know why we have to switch, but I'm going to do that. <laughs> okay, I'll be a mix man it up a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. T send so me a text. So I send you a text. Oh, I had a great, really great time. You know, I meet so many lamos, and you actually were really cool. I don't see a girl sending me a text. Oh, I don't write good girl texts. Okay, how about this? Um, <laughs> yo, what are you doing tomorrow at two a.m.? <laughs> okay, forget it. How about just, hey, I had a really great time. Thanks for thanks for uh, dinner. Okay. I assume the guy paid. Another <laughs> sexist comment. I just can't stop digging myself holes. The point is, is that the girl sent a nice text. Okay. And then. And she sent it at two o'clock the next day. And then at two o'clock the following day, the guy responds like, yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> Fuck bad, that guy. Bad sign. Fuck him. Forget about I that. I think once every 24 hours is a long time after you've met. Yes. What is he? The president of the United States? Even the president would, I mean, the president now would probably respond every five minutes if you send him a text. But the... Literally, you're the most important person in the world. You can respond in sooner than 24 hours if a girl says, I had a okay, good time so let's night. distill it down to the answer. Male perspective. You've gone on one date with a girl. One date. 
you have a little text exchange. Nice. It was so nice meeting you, blah, blah, blah. Then she texts you and you text back. How long represents you not being interested in seeing her again? Be honest. 12 hours. <laughs> you don't seem confident. Well, I was, what I was thinking about was, is it right before I go to sleep? Is it like in the middle of the afternoon? Is it in the morning? Mm -hmm. Is it late at night? Like, I don't know but what's happening. But if you're happening. interested in the girl, you want to see her again, you're if, not letting a day pass if I'm interested before in, you respond. 100%. If I'm interested in the girl, I the only thing that's going to get in my way is like seriously like busy, like important things for work, sleep when I'm unconscious, mm -hmm. and that's it. Like as soon as I'm available to respond... I am going to respond. If you want to see her again. If I want to see her. And if I don't, that means I'm playing games. And if I'm playing games, I stand by. If games start, that means there's an issue. Games should not be there once you've had an in-person meeting. Once you've had an in-person meeting. So in conclusion, 24 hours is not a big deal if you have not met yet. Correct. But if you have met... It's a problem. And you're, and you're officially on your phones, you're not communicating via the app anymore. Yeah. I think 24 hours is a long time. Unless the person is a major international diplomat or, <laughs> you know, like a CEO of a Fortune 1000 company. Like if he's just a regular dude, forget about it. 24 hours is too long. Or he You're had a right. family emergency. It's negative no matter what. Either he's not interested because he's not like, he's clearly not like itching to keep the conversation going. Or he's interested, but he's playing games, which shows such immaturity. Immaturity. And by the way, you can wait 24 hours to respond. But if you wait 24 hours to respond, you better come up with an excuse. Like you can't wait. You can't be like, oh, sorry, it took me. You have to be like, sorry, it took me so long. I was saving a, a village in Africa. They, they, I needed to install like a water supply for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, you need like, a good excuse. You need a good excuse. Yeah, not just a ha-ha in response. No one looks at their phone that infrequently. Yeah. No, no. or like a like, like a thumbs up on the text. <laughs> okay, I think we can't. We answered that one. Yeah, that's good. Okay, good. Elise, we hope we gave you enough numbers. <laughs> yeah. So what is it now? What? Twelve hours and well, apparently months. it's a sliding scale. <laughs> no, it's a sliding scale. But on average, if you want to talk about the bell curve, eighteen months younger is okay, and twelve hours later is okay. Anything more is we're talking. And about. of course, take. Take everything with a grain of salt. Yeah, we're talking about the center of the bell curve. So okay. Center of the curve. <laughs> All right, moving on. All right, this question is from Anonymous. That's our biggest fan. <laughs> there are, <laughs> we do have a lot of Anonymouses. Anonymous? <laughs> Anonymi. Anonymi? Probably not. But it's. Anonymi is absurd. If That's anonymi isn't a word, then this world is not as good as I thought it was. <laughs> you, you want Anonymi to be a word? It should be. I think everyone agrees. <laughs> Okay. I was wondering if you guys could discuss navigating a breakup situation if your ex is in your core group of friends. Ooh, that's rough. I just got out of my first serious relationship and most of my close friends are also friends with my ex. Oh. Well, she committed the original sin. The shite was placed where she ate. <laughs> <laughs> the group dynamic has been a little strange, especially with both of us venting to more or less. Oh, God, the same this sounds people. so awful. <laughs> and, and everyone's annoyed, too. It's the, everyone's a victim. Uh, can I say what I think? And then you can. I'm yeah, going to start. Go ahead, go ahead. I think 
anonymous. You need to have an agreement with your ex that you are not going to vent to your friends. You're, you're the same group of friends about this. If you're going to vent to a friend, make it an unrelated group of an unrelated friend. Because I feel just based on this three sentence question, I feel for the group of friends. Oh, what you're asking is impo- it's like doing like a having signing a treaty with Kim Jong Un. It's like what I'm asking is impossible. It's impossible. Why not? You think they're going to not ask their friends things about the relate? Come on, it's always going to happen. I'm saying that they should they should resist venting about each other to mutual friends it's so like yeah but they're going to that's who they vent to that's what people in bad relationships do i just think that's going to make it difficult first of all the venting makes it antagonistic so it makes what could have been a somewhat amicable situation for all parties like kind of a dirty one where they're talking about each other and they're making any the friends problems and the friends have to like tiptoe around that. I mean, I think your idea is noble if if they could get together <laughs> and like you're assuming that these people are on like really good talking terms they can yeah. negotiate a deal you together. You know what? The reason I say this and it's totally idealistic. I can recognize that. Is because A, I've never ended things with a guy on like truly terrible terms yeah. and B, I've never dated someone in a friend group like that. Yeah, it's a bad move. I mean, it's already happened. We, just, we can't tell her to go back in time and not date him. Uh, I mean, in the future, probably don't date within your tight friend circle. But I agree Unless with... it's like you're marrying. You're marrying like tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. you're like, like getting married. It's like yeah. the first date you're married. Yeah. I agree with you. As idealistic as that may be, I agree that there needs to be some like a treaty formed you were just making fun of me and now you're i was making fun of you but it was making fun of worthy making fun of worthy (laughs) making fun of a bull making fun of a bull (laughs) it was making fun of a bull because it was so unrealistic but does it have to be though we had your ex-fiance on our podcast unrealistic is just what society tells you yeah but you're talking about one person you can rise above what you're taught is unrealistic yeah but you're talking about one person they have to deal with like probably who knows how many friends like seven eight nine ten friends it's a tough tough situation (sighs) do we not have an answer for her i mean the answer is don't do it again Like you don't, don't. Not that that's helpful, but I do agree that if if you are on speaking terms and you're able to have a a, a mature negotiation, you should say, "Listen, let's agree. We're not putting this on our friends. This is we're for our family, for our rabbi, our priest, our minister, whoever you want. Yeah, but not our friends. Not for the friends who are also friends with the ex." Yeah. It's just not fair to the friends. I think it it really, like I said, it really paints the whole thing negatively. Instead of what could be a, as amicable an ending as humanly possible, just for the sake of like the satisfaction of, of venting, which is satisfying in the moment, the long-term repercussions of that are way, are, are just too damaging. Agreed. It's damaging on the friendships, not to mention your ability to be friends with that ex in the future. But- yeah, the friends, the poor friends. I feel bad for the no, friends. No, no, friends deserve better than that. But but also, I think this comes back to our episode about being friends with an ex. Mm-hmm. I think 
that in this situation, more than any other, you should make an extraordinary effort to become friends. If it's You're possible. Right. If it's possible. You're right. They were friends to begin with, right? Kind of, sort of. Well, I, I see this is the thing about not having someone on. We don't know whether they met each other through the friend group or if they became... I feel like they were friends. I feel like somehow this math adds up to them being friends. Yeah. <laughs> so go back to being friends. Yeah. Like, just swallow your pride, deal with it, get together, have a lunch, and be like, listen, let's let's maintain our friendship so that we don't screw up our entire social circle. It's, you're right, a treaty. treaty. As much as you want to vent... The group of friends does not need to know about all the shitty things he did or the shitty things she Absolutely. did. It's not fair to the friends and it's so not, I don't, I think it has the potential to damage the friendships. So going beyond the romantic relationship, you've some major damage that can Absolutely. be done in this. Remember World War II, US and Russia allied against the Nazis and the Japanese. How easy was that? You think they enjoyed that alliance? No. <laughs> Not for one minute. It was a treaty. It was a treaty. They 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 hold held their nose. Yeah. They bit their tongue, and they said, "Let's do this." So, in conclusion, if Russia <laughs> and the U.S. can ally, then yeah. so can you and your ex, anonymous. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You want to win World War II or not? Okay. All right. This question is from Kristen. I'd love a breakdown of what it means when someone wants something they can't have because I feel like that is my life. All the guys that I've wanted haven't wanted me back, and I feel like I'm always having to turn down the guys that show interest in me. Ooh. Ooh. This is is for a professional uh, psychologist. Oh, you think so? Yeah. I think there are two answers, and neither of them are pleasant. Well, the, the thing that comes to mind first is the Groucho Marx quote which is i never wanted to be a member of a club that would accept me (laughs) which is extremely poignant when it comes to dating and a lot of people fall into that trap yes just because someone likes you doesn't mean that they suck (laughs) that might be a problem with you yes and i yes that's number one Mm -hmm. which is if you're never interested in in someone who likes you i think what you need to recognize is whether or not you don't like them because they like you or if you just don't like them for them. Right. There's a difference. They sound similar, but they're not the same. This is why I said a psychologist might need to step in for this one. The second thing, which is also unpleasant, is I really believe in the common denominator Mm -hmm. factor, as difficult as this may be to hear. And, you know, we won't go into too much detail because like you said, I think that this is a a deeper issue than what we can answer briefly here. But I think if you routinely go for a type of partner or a type of guy or girl or whomever, and they never reciprocate your affections, you're the common denominator there. If it happens, if it happens once or twice, maybe you just got unlucky. If it happens with every single person you've ever gone for, Well, first of all, I'd be curious to know if if they did reciprocate, if she would remain into them. Well, that's the thing. I think you need, she she or this type of person may need to check in with themselves and and really ask themselves, do I like me? Do I feel good about me? Because if they're following this type of behavioral pattern, there's a chance that 
as I said, to the Groucho Marx quote, which I find extremely poignant it regarding this poignant. stuff, is that they don't like themselves. Therefore, anyone who would really like them must be flawed. Mm. And and on the other f- side of the coin, they're going for people who are distinctly shunning them. Yeah. And that makes them feel like that person is worthy because they don't like them. Well, and then the question there is, is are they going for them because of the shunning? Right. Well, that's that's what I'm trying thing. to say. I don't yeah. like saying, I mean, it's, it's not nice and it's certainly a very heavy truth to handle. That's why I'm saying, I don't know if I'm qualified yeah. to get into this, but I do believe that that personality type is ubiquitous in society. I think someone who doesn't like themselves has problems with themselves, doesn't like people who fall in love with them because they don't think that person has good taste. And they love people who don't give them what they want because they feel like that person must have good judgment because he doesn't like me or Oof. she. It's fu- it's really I hope fucked that's up. not the case. That it's it, fucked up. That I, it I don't want to say that that's her, but that is a thing. And that's, well, it's one of two things. There's either a self love factor or a the, the common denominator factor, which is either going for the wrong kind of person or going for pers- routinely going for people out of your league. Right. Because leagues exist. I'm That is going to be an unpopular thing to say, but it's the truth. And again, again, when you speak about out of, out of this person's league, you're probably speaking mainly of looks. And maybe this person is too looks focused. Maybe the people who really like her just happen to be not, you know, beauty queens. Mm. And the people she goes for on a superficial level that she really wants that don't feel like, you know, they want to give her all the time of the day are unbelievably attractive. That's another issue. There's so many little. uh, Yeah. Are we going to leave it at that? This is not something we can just answer like yeah. black and white. She wants a she says a breakdown of what it means. I think this is a deeper psychological yeah, thing. Yeah, she has to analyze herself. She has to look at what 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 choices she's making, what's driving her choices. Mm-hmm. This is not something that can just be answered on. Yes, especially in the if it, it sounds like she says this is I feel like that is my life, which makes me think that this happens a lot. No, it happens to you. All the guys that I've wanted haven't wanted me back. It happens to you. It's happening to you. It's not this happening is, to everybody. It's happening yeah. to you. It's you. Common denominator. Sorry. Sorry. I don't feel good about that one, but I want to include it because I think it's important. Our answer is correct. Our answer is correct. It's just a matter of what she does with it. Yes. All right. Our next question is from Sarah, who's in London, by the way. This huh. is an international. Oh, I mean, we're... We're obviously internationally known at this point. I mean, the whole planet, even Africa. Africa, right? We have some fans in Africa. Yeah, according to one of our graph things. Yeah, it's awesome. Very cool. Very exciting. Dear Shandy, sex question incoming. My boyfriend and I moved in, start of lockdown, with his best female friend, who I got on well with. We had been going out nine months at the time and so embraced having more time together in all forms, including, but not limited to, what I thought was a normal amount of sex. About a month into the new living arrangement, our housemate texts my boyfriend saying, I didn't want to have to say this, but can you please stop having so much sex? It's keeping me up at night and making me feel very uncomfortable. I personally am very open about sex with my friends and previous housemates, regularly joking about their escapades, etc. So was surprised this topic had taken such a serious turn. 
However, wanting to make her feel comfortable and now knowing how apparently thin the walls were, we kept having sex, but in a much quieter and unfortunately less free-spirited and more calculated way. Hmm. A week or so passes and she has a chat with my boyfriend. She tells him that she's been speaking about it with her other friends and that apparently having sex two times a day is not normal and that it's been getting her down how much we are doing it, etc. He apologizes but says we have been actively trying to be quieter. I wanted to get your take on the situation. If this was me, I would find it either funny or joke and joke about it or just stick some earplugs in. I would say we have a great sex life. I don't think there are rules on what is a normal amount of sex. And obviously, it will naturally change over time. Thanks. Well. <laughs> Do you, uh, would you like to take the reins on this one? No. 730 sex a year. <laughs> Five. <laughs> Five, yeah. Enneagram. Um, first of all, that's a lot of sex. It's a lot of sex. In a good way. Oh, yeah. We, I'm not, yeah. I think, Sarah, round of applause from Dr. Shandy. Bravo, bravo, Uh We think that's a very that's a good respectable, amount of sex. Yeah. If you, if you can If you can do that and, and enjoy it, then God bless you. <laughs> and enjoy it. Yeah. Can you imagine having sex twice a day and not a job? I mean, if you're really bored. You're you just like, like what bored. else are we going to do? It's like quarantine. It's like, oh, sex. <laughs> um, okay. Nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with sex twice a day. Let's get that out of the way. Yeah. Obviously, that's not an issue. And I'm actually annoyed at the roommate. Yeah, that wasn't the right way to do it. That was so unnecessary. It was so unnecessary. And also, it's so obvious that the reason well, the I, problem that the, I already know, I don't know anything about this roommate, but I know she's single and not happy about being single based well, on the fact that she so, said two times a day is not normal. It, all she had to do, the fact of the matter is, is it's annoying. Let's yeah. face it. If you're single and you have a thin wall and people are having sex constantly, two times a day, which is constantly, um, <laughs> it's annoying, especially when you're trying to sleep or work or even anything. It's just like, it's just something you can't not listen to. It's like a disgusting smell that you want to keep smelling. It's, you know what I'm talking about. So she's right. The problem is she went about it the wrong way. She should have, she had the high ground. She so could have been like, listen, I'm so sorry. Like, I, I don't, I know this is really weird, but like, I, I can, can you just be a little quieter when you have sex? You're right. I'm torn. Cause I'm torn. Cause I feel for the roommate. Yeah. I, even oh, though Sarah's the one writing it, I feel for the roommate. She's stuck in quarantine, listening to nonstop sex all day. It's like the nightmare. Well, twice a day, but still that is nonstop <laughs> sex. Okay. Uh, yeah. Two times a day is totally normal. It's a totally, it's an excellent amount of sex to be having. However, I think Phenomenal. if you're you're hearing it and you're not having the sex, I, I feel for the roommate in this situation. I do. She went Even about though it the, wrong the way. roommate, I gotta say, annoys me. She went about it the wrong way. Yeah, because going to the oh, that's not normal way is just like oh, it's so transparent. This person. It was such a mistake. I know she's a friend of the boyfriend, but. She Why sucks. would you say that? <laughs> Even if they were having sex 50 times a yeah. day, you don't say that. You just say, can you it's please your, be quiet? Yes. It's not your place to tell other people how much sex is normal. Because that immediately makes them defensive. You're yes. like, who are you to tell me how much sex I should have? I'm yeah. going to have more sex now. It's an asshole thing to say. Everyone to like, would agree. That's with not normal. I'm totally. uncomfortable with how much sex you're having. And therefore, that's not normal. Yeah. That person sucks. She let her insecurity get the best of her. Yes. That However. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. We feel for, I feel for the her. roommate. I feel for her. 
And you have been on the giving and receiving side of the... Yes, I've been on both sides of the thin wall. The yes. proverbial thin wall. Yes. Or the f- literal thin wall, actually. Why was it proverbial? When was the... When were you on the giving? I was on the giving side like seven, eight years ago. Or yes, okay. not like that. Like seven, eight years ago. Okay. And it was... Um, and I felt bad. I actually felt bad while... Like I was like, this is allowed. This is bad. This has got to be bad for the person next to me. And she was single. The, and the I think she was going neighbor. through like possibly a separation on top of that. Oh. And she left me like a handwritten. This was, you know. Handwritten? She, she left me a handwritten long note. Like basically, you better stop having loud sex or there's going to be trouble. Like it wasn't nice. Oh. She was pissed. Handwritten anyway, is like handwritten is that's you'd never want to get a handwritten note no. about the amount of sex you're having. No. <laughs> Unless it's like, yes, <laughs> your sex is amazing. You got your comeuppance. Remember you, you that neighbor moved out and another neighbor moved karma. in. Karma. It's karma. Because the new neighbor was having it. the new neighbor was having a lot of loud sex. It's like four or five in the morning. <laughs> loud. <laughs> like it's really annoying. Yes. Like at five in the morning, you're like woken up by like, oomch, oomch, oomch. and by the way, I had penned, penned, I had written an email. I literally had a whole email written, basically angrily saying, this has got to stop. And I just, when I was about to send it, I was like, you know what? I deserve this. And um, I didn't send the message, but I was like, who am I to give and not take? You know, she, she talks about joking about it with friends and things. I think it apl- that applies to the extent where it's still in the novelty factor stage. Like, yeah. I, I'll, I'll joke about my f- about sex with my friends or whatever, but when you're in your home, and this comes down you're to- You're trapped. C- this comes down to city living and what yeah. it takes to be a courteous resident of a city. Yeah. It's, you know, we're all in, we're in a, in a honeycomb. Yeah. You know, everyone's in their little pod. You gotta be respectful. You gotta be respectful of people who can hear what you're doing. And that applies to like stomping around when you know you have a neighbor beneath you. You just have to do what you have to do to be a courteous person. You do what you would hope others would do for you. So to me, the joking about sex thing is actually irrelevant to this. I think you can do that with your girlfriends or your guy friends or whatever. But when you're in your home... Like you said, there's no escape. Nothing she can do. She's trapped. There's they're forcing her. They, it's it's they're forcing her. Yeah. To listen to their sex, it's wrong. But I will say there could be a, uh, a positive to this. They yeah. could turn this into a. Oh, I know what you're going to say. A, a net benefit. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm going to say. Try some fetishy quiet sex. No sounds. Quiet sex can be very hot. Yeah. There's a. There's. There's like. An enormous zombie invasion outside your your house. <laughs> they react to sound. Without sound, they don't know. They just wander around like idiots. Is that like that that movie? What was that? Yeah, there was a movie like with um, the guy from The Office, John Krasinski. Yeah, and his wife, whatever her name is, the British one. Yeah, and they they have to be quiet or these monsters kill them. Imagine the how quiet, how pin drop quiet that. Yeah, sex you have to be. be. You have to believe it though. They're right outside. They're literally mulling about. They're like. <laughs> And you have to like not make a single sound. I don't care how you have like a monster orgasm. You have to be 100%, not even breathe heavily. <laughs> and that's intense. I've done that before, by the way. Done it's, it. And it's hot. Not because, not not because I had a neighbor who was pissed off or a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. I did it simply because it was like, let's try this. And it was hot. Totally. Yes. 
And Very. obviously I can see that over time, you know, this is a living situation. Maybe the pin drop quiet sex can only go so far. However, hopefully this is not a permanent living situation. Why don't you have the pin drop sex during the late night and the not pin drop sex during the day? When the, when the roommate is out exactly. buying groceries. Yeah, yes. just time it. Yeah, and then you have to have really... F- that's also hot. It's like we have to like do it ne- like it's like urgent. I, I honestly, and I'm not just saying this to make this argument fit. I remember the hottest sex I've ever had in my life is consistently where you're hiding, where you're like, there's people that you can't. Forbidden sex. Yes. It's yep. a good time. They have a huge opportunity here. Yeah. It's a win-win. The, the roommate's happy. They're happy. Yes. Everybody happy. And Everybody the roommate, happy. The roommate I'm torn between feeling bad for and being annoyed with. I'm more feeling bad for her. She made the mistake of of showing her insecurity in that comment. Yeah. But for the most part, her life is being, she's trapped indoors next to two happy people who are having sex constantly. Yeah, and she's try- probably trying to date in the pandemic. Oh, it's terrible. She's, trust me, even if she's an absolute piece of shit, she deserves better. <laughs> yeah. I think in conclusion, the joking about sex thing applies to when you're not directly presented with it in your home mm-hmm. and when the novelty factor wears off like sex is always funny to hear or see or whatever when when you know you're not supposed to be hearing it it's like oh tee yeah, yeah, the yeah, first yeah. time but then like i would say three or four times and you're like oh wait actually this is just how it is this sucks no one would not be annoyed by that yeah nobody the dalai lama would be would knock on your door and be like that's enough yeah enough of this so quiet sex uh, strategically timed sex continue the strategic because she said that they were being strategic and and the and the roommate shouldn't have said that T- twice a day is great it's n- normal you do you yeah. but just be cur- courteous about it <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah there's a ways to get them to quiet down but not to tell or them move, that, or move out of yeah, a big that city they're sex maniacs <laughs> yeah exactly yeah move to the country where you hear like you know deer having sex yeah <laughs> all right next This question is from Allie. It's more or less directed at me. As a longtime Bachelor fan, I think it would be cool to hear what it's like for former contestants like Charlene to re-enter the dating world and try to explain to people they're interested in that they were on this show. (laughs) I imagine it's also changed over time depending on what year you were on. I completely agree, Allie. I had a college roommate who told me, if you go on this show, that means you're crazy, but she now watches. (laughs) Well, actually, I think this will be fun to to ask you. What did you think when I told you? Well. And for the record, I I asked you what you thought, and then I'm interrupting you promptly. However, I told you about it on our second hang. Sex. Second hang. No, our our well, yes. technically our third on the Monday because we hung out all day Sunday. So our sec, our third because we met. That's oh yeah, hang. we we met. Then we had our all day brunch. Right. Then it was the next. Date, it was the next one. And then it was the next day. Oh my God, we saw each other Saturday night, Sunday night, and Monday night. Did we really? Yeah. Wow. That's cute. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, we're cute. Oh, yeah, God. but that's an example of not playing games it's like we clearly liked each other like why not spend every day yeah, for the next three we days we just wanted together? to see each other that's which that's the way and, it should be you know and playing i have to stress this just lest anyone think that, that means you're not playing it cool i disagree with that playing it cool is 
in your the delivery of and what you say. Absolutely. It's not in the frequency. It's not in the amount, the yes. timing. If you're it's not just being unavailable for the sake of being unavailable so that the person thinks you're cooler yeah. or busier than you are. Like James Dean is not gonna just because he like you know, answers a text five hours later doesn't make he's not gonna be uncool. He's gonna be James Dean. You're going to date him and he's gonna dump you. That's how it's gonna work out. That's what happens with James Dean. So I will say this. Um I knew how great you were after two and a half days to the point where whatever you did that was out of the ordinary would be something I would that would cause me to respect you more. And the fact that you went on a trashy reality show. Amazing <laughs> reality show that's awesome. <laughs> made me like you even more because it was so out of your nature and it was so it was it showed that you are willing to be extremely adventurous curious and also exist in a world that really isn't quite you okay i feel like that doesn't really apply to this question because we met first you're kind of skimming over by the way the fact that you already knew that i had gone on the show well, okay. Okay, we have yeah. Let's get this out in the open. After our first hang, well, as is, like in the during the cab ride, I was like, let's do this fun thing where yeah. we just don't Google each yeah, other. Char- Charlene kept telling me not to Google her. Whatever <laughs> I do, don't Google her. Because so, for the record, this was late March 2014. I was like, the Bachelor had literally stopped was, airing like you, two weeks before. You, I could not have been more famous for being on the bachelor than i was at that time i was at my peak bachelor contestant fame when i met you i mean i don't know and what so i think it's understandable that i'd be like let's just not google each other and why would you think a human being <laughs> with the same chromosomes as you would not google you after he was told to not but, google okay you? here's the question had i not said that would you not have googled me i guess I'm i may have this. still googled you it's it was 2014. People Google each other. That's what Ugh. they do. The point is, you sealed your sad, fate because there was saying, nothing. I, I maybe I sealed my fate, but I was just trying to prevent. Anyway, I had to make believe that I didn't Google you that night, <laughs> and that I didn't find out all about your bachelor stuff. And I and when you told me, you were like two days oh, later. I was like, oh, Golly. <laughs> bachelor. <laughs> um. But again, it doesn't change the fact that it made me respect you and like you more because it was something, look, truly unique, not regardless of whether you belong or don't belong on a reality TV show. It's a unique thing. It's it's like a Did it add any sparkle factor? It did because of who you are. It did okay. because of who you so are. So if I if I had not gone on the show, it would be a, it was not relevant to you finding No, it added to you. And I think honestly, most most guys would find it as a positive. I wouldn't say every guy I went on a date with saw it yeah, as a positive. Yeah, but if a guy, if a guy really made an effort to get to know you in the first hour or so that you were on a date, yeah, then he should have appreciated that aspect of you rather than judged you for it. If a guy had not gotten to know you at all and found that out, I wouldn't totally, you know against him judging you. I think you're speaking for like the general American male. But 
you know, being in the opera world and there's a sort of like hoity-toity factor of like, yes, I can think of at least one date I went on where the response was a little more like, you did what? Mm. Like it didn't align with me, with what they saw me as and not in a cute, oh, this is a fun side thing going on. That to me is so enticing. It's like someone who can occupy two completely... Opposite. Yeah, well, that's why I'm married to you. No. Because <laughs> I, trust me, I wouldn't want to be with that guy anyway. But was there any side of you that was like, maybe I have her wrong because she did go on that show? Well, there was one little part of me that was like, the crazy is going to drop in the next week or two. Okay, so, okay. So but, we're getting to the heart of it here, where yeah. the college roommate did say, if you go on that show, you're crazy. So there is an element. There is a perception. Only only because you seemed so great. Like I was like, this has to be, something's wrong here. Something's going to be crazy. It's going to come when I least expect it. But it never came. So to answer the question, I mean, it was weird. It was a, a weird thing that I felt like I... It kind of felt like an elephant in the room like ne- that needed to be addressed at some point. Like even if the guy didn't know, I felt like, well, I need to let them know at some point because if I have another date with this guy, it's only a matter of time before they Google me or before I get recognized oh, on the you date. you have to tell them, yeah. <laughs> well, and that ha- did I ever tell you this happened to me? You probably did. You know the restaurant Kingside? It's on 57th Street. Yeah, I remember. Street. The guy... The yeah, guy yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell the story. Let me tell the story. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. so I was on a, a date, a first date, where yeah. we were getting drinks, and this restaurant has just... It's all glass. Like, floor-to-ceiling glass just yeah. facing the street. Kingside. 57th Street. And you're just sitting, nice facing out. You're, like, on display, basically. And... I... You know, we were on this first date, just talking, having a nice time, and then this gaggle of girls who were total like bachelor demo <laughs> they were just you know them when you see them yeah and i've proceeded to get like pointed at and waved at it was an awkward situation and the guy was like uh like i'm sorry <laughs> I'm this happens awkward. all the time yeah it was one of those situations where like i learned the hard way that i would rather it come from me instead mm-hmm. of it just happening in this weird roundabout way but it also is a weird thing to like just broach early on in the day. It'd be like, by the way, I just want to get this out in the open. I was on ABC's The Bachelor. <laughs> but uh, you you should not just, you know, that should not be something you have to open up with. It should come later. It's a weird thing to open with. Unless he asks. Even if I was still single today, inevitably just because of Instagram, because now everyone's like, what's your Instagram? I'd still have to explain why I have... 140 something thousand Instagram followers. You know, oh, it's not like I just happen oh, to you, have you're those gonna followers. Have, oh yeah, you're going to have explaining to do. No, no question. matter what. Yes, my entire online presence it requires explaining. Yeah, but I think another part of that question, which you haven't answered, is what was it like dating in the real world after being in such an artificial dating environment? I just got right back into it. Okay. But I was also one of those people that I really enjoyed dating. Even when I didn't have a good date, I was like, that was information. Like, that was, like, interesting. I always saw dating as, like, something I wanted to do with in my life. I never, for me, I never wanted to be married one day and look back and be like, oh, I wish I'd, I wish I'd gone on more dates. Yeah. Like, I went on a lot of dates and I, 
I had the time of my life. Until I stole it all away from you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would say my dating career was both just for fun and also to, you know, find my special someone. That's you. <laughs> and if I think about the worst dates I ever went on, at least those made for great stories. You Absolutely. Know? I'm a big believer in dating. Date. 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 Yeah. <laughs> The worst thing you can do is live with regrets. Dating is fun. Dating is fun. It really is. Did I answer that question? Yeah. I think I answered it. I think you did. All right. I think that's it for this episode of Dear Shandy. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for your questions. Our apologies if we didn't get to yours. We Our inbox has been like blowing up and we're very flattered. Yeah, people have a lot to. of problems. <laughs> You definitely seem to want the Shandy take, and we are flattered. It's why we started this podcast, so thank you. And if you did send a really long, specific email, generally, that's the kind of thing we would want you to come on and talk to us about. So Join come. us. We're not scared. We will not bite, although people seem to think eh, we will. Bite a little bit. We might bite a little. You got to be willing to be bitten slightly. You got to be willing to hear the truth. Yes. <laughs> So if you enjoyed what you heard today or you love Dear Shandy in general, you know what you can do, Andy. Uh, you can uh, press, <laughs> wait, give leave a review on iTunes. Yeah, 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 good. Um, hit like on YouTube. Thumbs up, yeah. Thumbs up, yeah. whatever. Um, whatever. <laughs> leave comments on YouTube. Sure, yeah. Leave comments on iTunes. Yeah. Subscribe. Yes, good job. And wait, there's one more. Um, oh, notification something bell yeah the notification bell <laughs> yeah good job is that on uh, youtube i think it's youtube there's a notification bell somewhere yeah do something with that <laughs> that's that's the thing hit the notification bell. yeah <laughs> good job thank you that was actually pretty impressive <laughs> that just came from the depths yeah it was like that was <laughs> you like were it was like my lizard memory <laughs> thank you guys for tuning in we'll see you next time on dear shandy